You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Dance. Dance. Hey, welcome to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Oh, what the? Alexa, what's the date? It's Monday, 17th of August. Ah. No one says the date that way. Monday, the 17th of August. You say uh, Monday, August 17th. Alexa, get it together. Sorry, I don't know that one. <laughs> um... Uh, good to see you. Well, I guess you don't see people on a podcast. Um, Jay's on vacation, and I'm back for my first podcast since um, the start of July. As I uh, dealt with some things, and um, yeah, that's why I was away. I've never experienced what I dealt with before, and that is standing on the the edge of a figurative black hole and actually falling in. Um, hey, there's Ron. Uh, quick story. Ron was missing for six days. This is my cat, if you aren't watching the video portion. Um, uh, two friends stopped over. Ryan Shepard, he's been on this podcast, and his girlfriend, Celeste, they were on their way back from a, a cabin, and they said, we've never seen your place. We always drive by Orno. We're popping in. I said, okay. So... Um, we were stargazing because they don't get to see the stars in the city. So we were in the backyard watching the stars, socially distanced. And at one point, someone went in to use the restroom or get a drink, and Ron came running out. Not pointing any fingers, but uh, I believe it was DJ Ryan Shepard who let him out. So the next day, I said, Ryan, Ron's gone. And I said, my kids will attend every one of your concerts until the end of time, holding a sign saying, you killed my cat. I said, this cat's blood's on your hands. So um, I don't know if he actually did it, but uh, I liked um, burdening him with some guilt. Anyway, um, so I returned to work last week and... I showed up to work uh, on the one night and my kids FaceTimed me and they were going out of their minds and they said, Ron's back, Ron's back. Ron was gone for six days. So my kids were already planning their next pets. But I had faith that Ron would return because we have all this green space behind us and there's no predators out right now. So there's, and if he got in a fight with a raccoon, the raccoon would run away or Ron would run away or Ron would just be left for dead. He's not going to drag the body away. So I had a good feeling he was still alive. And he was. We put up signs around town. First time I ever had to make um, uh, lost pet signs. Uh, and then I, I did it on my Instagram stories. We updated the lost pet signs. Because you never see an update on a sign that's on a hydro pole or a telephone pole or whatever. So I'm like, People want a happy end to a story. So we, we put a little uh, piece of paper over the sign saying, Ron came home. Ron came home. Um, so we posted that on Instagram. And uh, yeah, it, 
even if it's not your pet, you're going to smile when you see that. And the, to, to know that it brought two kids tremendous amount of joy and a grown man joy that a cat returned, then, hey, you should let people know. And then, so yesterday I went to get those signs around town, the ones that originally said lost cat and then Ron returned. Someone had ripped down three of them. I'm like, who's ripping down good news? Exactly, Ron. I know. Ron, not happy with that guy. So now, the one time we wanted an animal to speak to tell his story was right now. Because, Ron, where were you for six days? Did you get lost? Were you sick of COVID? What happened? So we'll forever have that mystery. And I was starting to almost get nostalgic when he wasn't here. I'm like, I thought I'd grow old with Ron. Ron and I in the seniors home together. But he came home. So it might still happen. Oh, and Ginny's here too. She never went anywhere. She's the other cat. Um, getting back to what I was saying. Yeah, so I took uh, some time off work. As I, as I mentioned, I'd never fallen into a black hole of depression <clears throat> ever in my life um, because a tidal wave of life events came at me and it, I, I was just lost. So I've never been there. Um, a lot of people um, showed a tremendous amount of support. Christoph, you're one of those people. You checked in all the time. Thank you. So many friends and family messaging me every day. Jay checking in, his wife Chobi checking in. I, I can't count the amount of people. Thank you for doing that. And then the other people that, oh, and everyone online has been so supportive. Thank you. Um, I, I never wanted my personal life public. I kind of did it because I was in a place where I've never been. And um, it became public. and. Yeah, so people have been there to support me. Others angry at me. People saying, oh, publicity stunt gone wrong. No, no. Who wants, who wants this kind of attention? And other people say, oh, I want an apology. You owe me an apology. I'm sorry that my life took a wicked left turn and they don't give you a manual for that. No one hands you a blueprint. Oh, uh, this happens. Uh, it's to page 47. Oh, here's what you do. No. Nope. Life isn't like that. So here we are. I've um, gotten the help that I needed, gotten the support I needed. I'm um, driving into my first night back to work with Jay. Um, I had something again that I'd never experienced in my life. I'm driving along on the 401, my right arm starts going numb. And I said, what? What is happening? My mouth starts getting dry. My left arm started going numb. And then it started going numb up the back of my neck and then my entire head went numb. And I'm on the 401 driving like I just got my license. I'm both hands on the steering wheel. I'm like, I'm having a heart attack or something. And then I realized I was having a panic. I've never had a panic attack in my life. Never in my life. 
So that was a new experience. I got into work and um, Jay's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to say, I'm like, I think I just had a panic attack. And I just fell into my seat. He's like, go home. I'm like, I can't drive right now. <laughs> so it eventually went away. If anyone's experienced them, I guess they're probably all different. Um, but yeah, went on, did the show. That was the night where I, um, I did the hello and uh, said that I, every time, every now and then you have to take care of your mental health. And, and um, that's the message I delivered that night. So the lead up to that, uh, I don't, I don't want to say everything happens for a reason, but some things do. The day after everything happened, um, I was, I was lost and, um, I was picking up the phone to call my good friend JC and Take a drink here. As I went to call him, he called me. We're very good friends, but we only talk like twice a year. So <laughs> I said, JC, where are you? He was at his house up uh, north of Perry Sound, and um, I went there. And uh, spent a week there, and I look back. It was like I spent 12 hours there. It was one of those times where you just lo lose track of everything in not a good way. Not where you're like on vacation. Oh, on vacation felt like a day. No. So he went up there and. Uh, yeah. So thanks to JC for letting me crash. But yeah, some of those things happened for a reason. The other thing that happened for a reason was four years ago, four summers ago, I was at JC's. So he's north of Perry Sound, 30 minute boat ride from Georgian Bay. Just spectacular. It's, it's amazing. So four summers ago, JC's like, Hey, let's go visit my buddy Ray on his dock. Went over to Ray's house and, um, we hit it off. Uh, Ray says, oh, I do kitchens. You should see some of my work. Went into his house, looked around. I said, can you do my kitchen? And he said, sure. Did a handshake deal. And this, this is the kitchen that Ray built. So that happened four summers ago. This summer I return, same dock, Ray's family. So we, JC, we had gone over uh, to actually know. I had wandered over to Ray's house. It's a five-minute boat ride, but like a 45-minute walk. I was so lost. I was talking. Again, uh, everyone has been so supportive. I was talking to actually uh, Natalie, our boss, on the phone, and I just was walking aimlessly, and I ended up at Ray's. Uh, how I found it, don't know, but um, I show up. He's like, how the hell did you get here? I'm like, I walked. He's like, what? Anyway, his family was there. And got to meet them. And he's like, oh, my, uh, my brother's a bit of a writer. I said, oh, okay. Um, anything I'd know? He's like, well, he's won the Giller Prize before. I'm like, what? 
So his, his brother's Joseph Boyden. And um, since meeting his brother on a dock, he's now become my favorite author. Uh, I've, in the past uh, five weeks, I've read four of his books. Um, all these, 10 out of 10. If you want to read Canadian literature uh, about the Aboriginal experience in Canada um, with um, the, his first book, uh, Three Day Road, ties to World War I, and everything is in the right place historically. So he, he tells a, a, a great story there. Then the follow-up to that is Through Black Spruce. Unreal. Um, it, it's about uh, life in northern Ontario. Um, then I just finished the Orenda. It's a, it's a very barbaric book about, um, um, yeah, life in Canada when the French had first got here and, um, uh, the, our first settlers in Canada, um, and their experience and, and, and yeah, I, it's, I, I, I won't give it justice, um, uh, describing it. Um, then he just wrote a, he wrote a, Short story, When Jack, about um, uh, the young boy that escaped from a residential school and then tried to walk home to his parents, to his family's house, but it was 500 kilometers. He didn't know that. He was nine years old, froze to death. Um, so he writes about that. Um, Joseph, it turns out, spent a lot of time with um, Gord Downey. Gord Downey. <laughs> so sitting there with Ray on his dock, I'm like, oh yeah, I was telling a story about I met Gord Downey once. He's like, oh Gord, he's been here tons. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, he's been here like 40, 50 times. I'm like, what? I'm telling a stupid story and meeting him in the in the lobby of the Grand Hotel. And you're it's like, yeah, great guy. Good brother, good buddies with my brother, Joe, the author. A bit of a writer, he called him. And he fancies himself as a bit of a writer. All his books are national bestsellers. Um, and then just going through the books here, uh, Kite Runner, I read that. That's not by uh, Joseph. These, these are all not by Joseph. And also No Friend But the Mountains. I read that. That was the only one that, that one was okay. Uh, but it didn't, it actually had some good quotes um, that uh, pertain to my life. One of them essentially was, uh, people taking joy in others, other people's demise. And that's, the, so I, I, when I looked at the comments and all this was going on and I stopped doing that, I'm like, how, what, why, why, why? Anyway, I'm like, why? But I, I see it. The people, some people take joy when they see other people fall on their face. So um, yeah, I don't read the comments anymore. Um, our guest today is going to be Scotty Upshaw. Uh, he's been on the podcast before, but he started his own podcast. Uh, that'll be good. Um, also I wanted to, um, uh, point out what happened on, what was it? Saturday. Christoph, have you been to any surprise birthday parties in my life? Yeah. Were they successful? Were the, was the person surprised? Uh, yeah, in high school, we almost gave my buddy like a heart attack. So I, th I think he wasn't selling it. I think he, uh, he was pretty surprised. But they rarely so, do. It falls apart usually. Yeah. I think I've been to maybe 
one before the one I attended on Saturday. It was at noon at my buddy Joe's in Peterborough. And uh, his wife, Mary, texted me, said, hey, we're going to surprise Joe. I'm like, I'm there. So I brought my youngest, Ruby, because I, as I say to her, how many surprise birthday parties do you go to in your life? I thought, and then plus, I thought everyone else was bringing their kids. She was the only kid there. So, so once we surprised them, I'm like, Ruby, see ya. She gone. <laughs> um, but uh, Joe came in, and he's a very emotional guy, kind of like me. And he started bawling. I've never seen tears fall from someone's face where they're bouncing. And there's like, I'm like, hey, six feet, bud. Six feet. Get out of here. It's like whoosh, cartoon tears. Like it was, yeah, it was great to see. And then everyone else started crying. We're like, hey, this is a birthday party. Come on, Joe. So, yeah, always make sure your kids, uh, Ruby will always remember that. I'll always remember that. Everyone that was there will always remember that. Just like when we, um, Saw a wedding party walking onto the beach when we were in PEI two summers ago. Well, three summers ago now. And um, I ran back to the room, got a bottle of wine, and um, my daughters and my mom was there. Uh, they said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to watch the wedding. How many beach weddings do you get to watch? I don't know if I told that story, but so the DJ was set up on the edge of the beach because that's he didn't want to lug his equipment over. And then the wedding was further out. We're talking to the DJ. Someone from the wedding party comes up. He's like, uh, we're starting. Can you, can you switch the song? And he's like, oh, sorry. Sorry. So <laughs> he was playing like EDM music and they're waiting for Here Comes the Bride. Maybe, maybe should have tried a Here Comes the Bride remix. Yeah, liven it up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Whenever you get an event that you're always going to remember, like a surprise birthday party or a wedding on a beach, um, always do it. That kite runner, by the way, again, I don't think I've read this many books in my life, and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> and so this isn't this is new. Like this whole uh, situation gave me a lot of time to reflect, and all these books. I, I took something out of each and every one from the characters um, going on journeys. And Kite Runner, I read that book in less than 24 hours. It got to a point where my kids were like, enough with the reading. <laughs> and like, sorry, just trying to get smarter while they're on TikTok. Although I have to admit, my youngest, Ruby, she made me get TikTok so I can like her videos. <laughs> and now um, they've got a For You page. So you've got people you follow. I follow her and like uh, my niece and my other daughter. Like I follow like five people. And then they've got a For You page where it's just random shit. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm liking it better than Instagram right now because everyone's doing a stupid video. And a lot of them are pretty damn funny. Christoph, I'm liking the TikTok. Okay. And it's only, what, 12 seconds of work? Yeah. Uh, and um, my, my infatuation is shuffle dancing. Have you ever seen shuffle dancing? No, I have not. 
it, it's a form of dancing. I, I'm mesmerized by it. And I follow a chef on there. I get some great ideas from him. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny content. I'm never going to do anything. It's not all just dancing, which I thought it was. Actually, I don't see any of, of the TikTok dancing where they're doing the, where they do all the dance moves. Like, so thank God, like I, all mine are like uh, people with like dash cam videos and stuff and like crazy going on. Not bad. I, uh, I give it eight out of 10. TikTok, eight out of 10. And then it's going to get bought by Microsoft or someone, I think, right? Yep. Or it's going to get booted out of the country, apparently. No, no chance. Of all the things going on in the world, TikTok that's a priority. Yeah. That's a priority. Come on. So, yeah, needless to say, the last uh, month and a half, uh, it's been, yeah, 2020. We'll never forget this year. How have you been, Stoff? I'm doing all right. Are you back to work at all or all from home? Uh, all from home right now still, yeah. Okay. Um, so I haven't been to agent court in months. Did Jay tell you the proto? Did he describe the protocol here on the podcast? Uh, no, not really. Not not in detail, at least. I mean, we all we've all seen the uh, producer Tim how he delivers the news now through that handy device there with the strings and stuff you guys have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The uh, producer Tim nine thousand. Yeah, so we have a skeleton staff. We still have people working on our TV show from home. Like, we can hear them in our ears from their homes. Um, people that used to have desks side by side, they're now scattered throughout the building. I guess there's no one there during the day. When you aren't in your office or at your desk, you wear a mask, uh, constant hand cleaning at any other place. Um, the control room usually has probably three, six, nine, minimum nine people in it. And I think during a show now it has four as the other people are spread out into other rooms. So it's a different world. And I don't think anyone's in the office during the day, like uh, the day-to-day nine-to-five people that, uh, that keep the ship uh, afloat. They aren't in there. They're working remotely. And I've said this before. How many major corporations are going to realize, wow, our people can work from home and they get the same amount done, if not more. So we don't need this office tower. We don't need to rent this entire floor of this building. Uh, And then here I should be in marketing. You can market yourself as, Hey, we're a green company. Look at, we're cutting down from on 500 people driving back and forth to work. Yep. But traffic has picked up, I've noticed. We're we're getting back to regular pre-COVID. Where's everyone going? COVID's not over. Ah. COVID. It's a real it's a kick in the nuts. It's a real bummer. Oh, yeah. 
Of the major sports that are back, baseball, NBA, hockey, rank them in order of who's putting on the best presentation and who's most watchable right now, stuff in order. Out of those three? Yeah. Um, I'd probably go NBA, NHL, and then baseball. But that that's also par- partially for me. I'm not a huge baseball guy. so Yeah, I think NBA... And well, the NBA is only going to get better now too, since the playoffs are starting, right? So, and they're in a facility where they don't have to cover up an entire arena of seats like the NHL. Yeah. So exactly. the NHL, they're kind of hamstrung that way, and the the virtual crowds that they have, it's so cool. Um, and there's always music playing during uh, the play in NBA. So yeah, the, their their experience has been great. I find Major League Baseball with the cutouts behind home plate. I think it's great. Oh no, it's all, in terms of if you're talking about presentation. Yeah, they, I think they've done a great job. I think uh, even like before that, when Korean baseball came back and they had like all mascots and teddy bears and stuff all over the stands, that looked pretty cool. Yeah. So they're getting creative. And if you think about it, in baseball, the crowd's not really going nuts during the game yeah they go nuts during home run and and they go nuts during the playoffs but in a regular season game you aren't missing a lot of crowd noise in the nhl you aren't actually missing a lot of crowd noise from a lot of teams (laughs) not because they have small crowds just because their crowds are quiet you miss it on the goals and you miss it in playoffs. Well, I, I'm going to talk to Scotty about that, um, about Tuka Rask's comments saying it doesn't feel like playoff hockey. Yeah, no sh- Yeah. Um, and I want to know if Scotty's talked to anyone inside the bubble uh, to see what life has been like there because <laughs> the Leafs players said it was okay, but they were only there a week. <laughs> you can survive anywhere for a week. Oh, I can yeah. survive... I could survive prison for a week, I think. Well, let's not put that to a test. But Minimum, minimum security. <laughs> minimum security. Yeah, once the shivs come into play, who knows? And I don't think you'd get one-week prison terms anyway. I'd be in jail. Probably not. So let's not put that into the universe. <laughs> Oh, man. So, Scotty, hopefully he knows what to do. Hang on. I have to check his text, make sure he hasn't texted here. There's a torrential downpour outside my house right now. Wow. Oh, that came here earlier. All these poor kids playing basketball never saw it coming. We We can't hear you. Can you hear us? He's currently holding up a ton of wires. Oh, God. I hate when that happens. Oh, no. Yeah, that sounds better, right? That sounds amazing. So, Scotty Upchild joins us. Um, Scotty, uh, so is this, you built this in your new home? Is this a broadcast studio? This is an elevator. (laughs) What? Oh, yeah, this is an elevator. It says all music lyrics that I picked. It's badass. So, wait, so is this an actual elevator you put in your house? It is. I got a three-story little beach house here, and uh, I had this go in. It was something my architect was like, "Hey, you're gonna, you're gonna thank me uh, when we put this in." I'm like, "I need extra closet space." Blah blah blah. He's like, "Let me just tell you this: 
you're going to want the elevator. Something's going to happen. You're going to like twist your ankle or fall down the stairs one day, and you're not going to be able to get up and down this without this elevator. You'll thank me. So just so happens, my girlfriend who just delivered our baby two weeks ago, she's been on crutches with just a like a up hip. Yeah. And, uh, she's been working this elevator like daily, just working it. So I turned it into a studio. She rides it up and down and, uh, you know. So what happens when you're using it as a studio and she needs to use it? I tell her, I tell her just either just hang tight, pour yourself a drink or, uh, you know, take the stairs, do the, do the old one legged hop down up and down the stairs. So Scotty, when we first met, um, I covered your team, the Fort McMurray oil barons. Um, you're on the team in 2000 when they won the Royal bank cup. So when we first met, we probably met first in 1999. Did you ever think in the year 2020, that we'd be talking to each other on a podcast and you'd be sitting in an elevator. Dan, I definitely did not. <laughs> if I ever thought you and I would have traveled the world, seen what we've, you know, seen what we've seen, done what we've done, said what we've said, uh, you know, it would be uh, pre pretty mind blowing. And I'd be in this elevator with all these, <laughs> all these unbelievable lyrics that I've, that I've written here. So the only one that really doesn't make sense is like a virgin because I'm definitely not a virgin anymore. Yes. Now we, I can't really see them, but Christoph said he can see like the piano man lyrics. What other songs did you put in there? I got some Pearl Jam. I got some Coldplay. I got uh, "Please Allow Me to Introduce Myself" by the Stones. Uh, I got some "My Morning Jacket," which we talked about last time. Some "My Morning Jacket." Yep. I know Jay was a big fan. Yeah. I got uh, Neil Young. I got some Eagles. And is that painted on there or is that one big sticker? This is painted. Oh, wow. So I actually, uh, it's a local guy here in Newport Beach. He does, uh, he does painted decals on a bunch of restaurants, uh, some clothing stores, a bunch of cool like artsy streets. And uh, I reached out to him on Instagram. I had this idea to do this in, my, uh, in the elevator. And uh, here we are. There's actually one by um, Aerosmith that's like making love in an elevator. <laughs> love <laughs> yeah, me when I'm going up. You have to have that in there. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, so I mentioned a podcast, you, um, you just put out your first episode of gone missing, right? You're gone your missing. Uh, I, yeah, I, listen, and we've I had have to admit, I listened to the entire thing today. I loved it. Your co-host Shane O'Brien. If anyone ever needs to hear a Canadian accent, you just need to listen to your podcast. He has the thickest Canadian accent on earth. He does. He's uh he's got that Irish, uh, that Irish East coaster in him. Although he's not from I Newfoundland, I am. Before he introduced himself, I thought it was Biz Nasty. I thought no, it was he's Biz uh, Shane O'Brien. He's a character. Him and Biz, you can put them in the same. Uh, but they they the same sound identical. They, they sound do. Identical. They do, and that's good because Biz sounds great. So if Obi sounds just like Biz, I think we're I think we're in the right market. But um, uh, the best is is if you ever catch Obi after three or four glasses of wine or Jack Daniels, if you ever catch him and Brad Richardson talking, Brad obviously scoring goals right now, still in the playoffs. But those two guys are from. You know, just outside Kingston, I think Port Hope, Ontario. Uh, it's like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? <laughs> it, it, I, I, is it English? And it's hilarious down here. Obi's been in California and obviously played all over the U.S. and in Canada, Vancouver, Calgary. Uh, he has kept his Canadian accent strong, and he's proud to he's proud to be that. But be that uh, I found it hilarious that uh, a kid from Port Hope, Ontario, and a guy from Fort McMurray, Alberta are in Newport Beach, California, doing a podcast. <laughs> doing, a, doing a podcast about missing curfew, something uh, you know, we, were, we were really good at and made a living at. And your other uh, host is Jimmy Hayes. Jimmy Hayes, we needed a good East Coast guy. We all played together. 
uh, it was something we talked about doing for uh, for a little while now. I was obviously uh, still playing hockey. So was Jimmy. Uh, Obi did a podcast uh, down here, Point Breakaway, with the Athletic this whole season, and and enjoyed that. So it helps having uh, it helps having Shane be uh, you know the experience in in the world of podcasts and stuff. So he really. Uh, he's elevated his game for us. We've needed that, and uh, we're looking forward <laughs> to sharing some more stories with you guys. So I don't know if you've gone back and listened because you guys taped it before the first round of the playoffs started. So you taped it after the play-in, I think. Um, we did it, uh, yeah. So it was a it was a week ago today, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, and you predicted something. You said, "I think the Bruins need the crowd." And then Tukaras two days ago said, "It doesn't feel like playoff hockey. There's no crowd." I, you know what, that was something I think is going across the league. I've talked to a few guys. Um, there's just, it's different. I give them all credit. I've said this before. And so is, so is a lot of people. I think, uh, Patrick Sharp mentioned it one night on NBC sports. Uh, he basically, you know, you touch on guys who've won and who've gone the distance. And the best thing about playoff hockey is enjoying, uh, enjoying the process, enjoying winning with your group of guys enjoying the process after sitting in the room, crushing beers, going for uh, dinner, closing out a series in six games, knowing you got four days off, uh, letting the body heal. You, you know, you're not in a bubble. Uh, you're still playing for the Stanley cup, but it's just completely different. You're jumping on the plane with the guys after, um, you know, you're getting to share it with your girlfriends and your, you know, your friends and your family. This is all, this is so different. So all these guys just, you got to tip your cap to what they're doing. And, uh, you, you can't look at Tuka Rass and what he's dealing with and you know, look down at the guy or, no, or say, geez, if I was in that spot, I would do things differently because you just don't know what it's like. And um, yeah. Boston, I, I mean, look at the quotes. They're, uh, they're behind them. They're all in it together, and uh, we'll see how they, how they do. Um, and the other thing you said, you felt bad for the Flyers players because they don't get experience Montreal. And the women. Dur- during the playoffs, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, have you, you've been to Montreal. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, that, that city has, has everything, especially, uh, actually it's midsummer. So I, I, you know, you've been there for the F1 race. It's unbelievable, but springtime and playoff hockey there when the snow's melting and everyone's got a good vibe of going to the bell center and leaving there and going to St. Catherine street and having beers and, and enjoying that. I mean, we, in Philly, we were getting booed everywhere we went, uh, but it just felt so good going into a city like that and playing well and beating their team. And, but there must also be one aspect where you would have finished your first two home games or your first two road games, and you just have to walk to the hotel when you're in the bubble. You don't have to hop on a plane. You don't have to fly into a city at 2 in the morning. There's got to be one part of these guys that say, oh, thank God we don't have to do that. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, a, Man, the part about being a pro hockey player is, isn't just the experience at the rink and, and in those games. It's the whole, uh, it, it's, it's what behind the scenes is like. It's, it's, I mean, it's everything. It's, it's sharing it with your family at that, that time of year because the games are so important. And, you know, uh, other than not having to spend money on, season, on, on tickets for, <laughs> you know, for the 10, 12 people that come to want to come to every game, people texting you out of the blue, you, you haven't heard from them in four or five months. And all of a sudden, they're flying across the country wanting two tickets to the game. But, um, you know, it's just getting caught in a hotel. Uh, hotels, you know, they're broken records. It's tough to just sleep in these beds when you're, when you're at home with, you know, right air conditioning, home-cooked food. Um, you know, now you're eating a Timbits and, and a taco <laughs> truck in Edmonton. So it's, it's tough. But you give the cities credit for what they've been able to do. 
the no cases of coronavirus throughout the league is as impressive as uh, as putting this bubble together. So um, hats off to everyone who's who's involved because the hockey's been great on TV. I have to tell you that. Imagine the browser histories of those laptops <laughs> in that bubble right now. Oh yeah, I'm sure the internet's uh, that certain time <laughs> at night when things get lonely and. You know, you tell your roommate to get the hell out of the room because you need you need twenty minutes to yourself. That's gonna. They, be, they uh, probably some of them have probably reached the end of Pornhub. Like they've reached. No, you finish it. You finish it. You the, completed it. The rabbit hole and what you end up searching in these in these <laughs> situations. I'm sure it's that would be actually a funny segment to talk about. How how deep in the rabbit hole did you go on Pornhub and where did you end up? And, and at what point did you just shut your computer off? And be like, I cannot. Or look at that or anymore. you say someone, how much would it take for me? for you to hand over your computer to me right now. <laughs> 5,000. That stuff's locked up. That's put away in the safe. Hey, have you talked to anyone in the bubble? Uh, yes, I have. And I FaceTimed, uh, I FaceTimed a couple of the blues the other day. They called me, uh, showed them, yeah, you know, showed them a little video of my, uh, my new daughter, Isabel yes, on my shoulder. Congratulations. Thank Isabel you. Isabel is also the name of uh, Jay's daughter. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Congrats to you too. A couple Thanks, guys, buddy. a couple, a couple young ladies in our lives. Now it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. And, um, so it's, uh, yeah, I was FaceTiming them. I caught, uh, O'Reilly. I caught Schwartzy, uh, Shanner, Troy Brower, who I was, I'm like, geez, Browse, you're still rocking and rolling. It's pretty impressive. It was nice to see, see a guy my age still out there, you know, throwing the body around and, um, nice to see them get a win last night. Uh, you know, big goal by Braden Shen. He steps up in those big, big situations. He's a beast, and uh, that's why they paid him all that, all that liquid dough. Um, so he's, you know, he he stepped up. They needed a big win. Uh, Jake Allen played great. So I expect a good long series now out of that one. And your buddy playing, um, he's standing on his head for Vancouver, Jacob Markstrom. Yeah, Marky, I've been pumping his pumping his tires on Twitter. Yeah. I love that kid. He's. I uh, was in Sweden a couple of years ago for Alex Steen's wedding, and and uh, he showed me around, showed me the ropes in Stockholm, which was, uh, which was payback for all the all the good times I was able to show him in Miami when we played together in in Fort Lauderdale. So uh, I'm happy to see Marky. I love uh, I love the Canucks team. I love what they're doing. They're, that's a good series. They they got a good young squad with all their young guys playing well. Bo Har Bo Horvat's been been a beast, and you know, like I say on my podcast, that Bo Horvat. So he's uh, he's one hell of a player and, and a guy that's uh, you know taking that taking that team and bringing them to another level. Yeah, that uh, that series has been fun to watch. The only thing that pisses me off is when we have to work and it's a ten. They don't get started till ten forty. Then they go to overtime and oh, you're at work and you're like, God! Are you still early, Bird? Are you still? What time well, are you getting we, up these days? We we're we go live at midnight and then we got to wait for the i didn't get home till 3 a.m last night yeah yeah are yeah. you allowed to have any beers at work watching the games or oh i wish yeah. that'd be great That's i wish tough. we were in a bubble there because then we could uh but we got to drive home um so yeah all these late goals and then the blues had a late power play and they couldn't do anything anyway um i like how the nba there's no game starting past nine o'clock eastern in the playoffs. Yeah, that's yeah. They got ah, uh, yeah. I hate comparing the, the NBA and the NHL. I like what the NHL is doing right now. And oh, if I you ask too. anyone watching watching sports, they're I think they're just like what NHL has done. Is, hey, I'm uh, just being selfish, Scotty. I'm totally. being selfish because of those 10:40 start times. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I okay. get like it's like Sunday football here for me. This like I on know. the West Coast and NFL Sunday where you. you get games from 9:30 right to about eight. Yeah, it's yes. perfect. 
If our studio is out in Vancouver, I'd have no problems with it. Hey, getting back to the bubble. So what did the guys say about the bubble? Uh, they're, I mean, for the ones that are getting beat up playing hockey, it's, uh, it's tough. But the, the heated matches, I mean, you look at the energy. They love it. Um, you know, I th think the most of them would like to sneak away for a golf game or two. You know, I think the weather is pretty nice. But weren't, they, weren't they supposed to close down a golf course for them? I thought so. And, and yeah. actually, uh, a, a, a group of guys I play golf with up, up in Edmonton at Blackhawk, I know that they've offered, uh, you know, now, now that the teams are past this, you know, 20, let's say 20 day quarantine and everyone's kind of safe and sound, you would expect things to get uh, to loosen up a little bit. I would hope so. If Vegas had to win last night, for example, you know, they could have 10 days off pretty much, you know, seven, yeah. 10 days off. You got to let these guys do something, live their lives. And, and uh, now that, you know, now that no one has COVID, if, if they're being careful, I think going out and cracking a couple, uh, you know, nuggets around a golf course and drinking a few beers with each other, celebrating a first round win would be, yeah. uh, would be in the books. What, uh, what have they said about the security there? Like the, no guys. They've been sneaking babes up in the, in the hotel, the single yes. guys. Yes. I actually haven't got around to that, but if I was using my imagination, I'm sure the the stairwells would have, uh, <laughs> you know, you'd be using the stairwells, you'd be using, you know, the back door, the windows. Uh, I don't know if you're sticking anyone in the laundry bins and trying to, you know. Did you hear about the NBA guy that? Uh, yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> what did he do? He dressed, jersey, he dressed her up in a jersey and snuck yeah. her in. I mean, you got to give the guy some credit for that. I've heard a rumor that in one of the bubbles that uh, there's been some personnel change at the restaurants and bars inside the bubble. <laughs> I mean, these, some, some of these girls are only human. Yeah, you know, they're only human. You get all these guys in there, and, and for, yeah, I mean, everyone's the human. They're all everyone's probably flirting with each other. There's, you know, I'm sure the I'm tips sure things must are, be things just, are flowing. They they aren't going anywhere. The tips just must be through the roof. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the service is great too. I'm sure the food, the service, I'm sure it's, uh, it's first class. So, uh, I'm, I'm just glad if I was in the bubble and I was, I was single, it would be, uh, I would have some, some interesting ways of, of getting things done. Let's just say that. Okay. So here's a question because I heard uh, another rumor that the NHL for the next round or maybe a round after they might look at bringing wives or girlfriends in. And then I was thinking, well, if they get there, then they're bored. What are they going to do all day inside yeah, the yeah. bubble? Yeah, you would hope it's. I mean, if no, it's a I say conjugal birth, visits. If it's a mandatory quarantine, fourteen days, which is what Canada's been doing. That's that's tough. Yeah, you don't want to bring. I think it's just you let these guys keep battling it out. If uh, you know, if in fact they do open it up where families can come in, come in for a couple games for the weekend, but you know, it's, it's going to do no good. In fact, it would just be probably something that would uh, uh, be a hassle for most of the guys, a little bit of a distraction. I'm sure most of the team and the coaches and everything probably want to keep them away. But what about conjugal visits? Conjugal visits. Yeah. They that's get, a big, they, what the hell does conjugal mean? That that's a prison visit. So your spouse <laughs> comes to visit you in prison and you do your business for an hour or so, and then see ya. I would be all in favor of that. I'm sure that's going on. We just don't hear about it. <laughs> and, and and it's sworn to secrecy because you know the government of Canada. I'm sure that they'd be they'd be ticked off with all these uh, you know all these international people coming in and and creating havoc in their hotels. 
Yeah, well, you just have to put a trailer inside the bubble. I do a COVID <laughs> COVID test before you go in. COVID test when you leave, and you're you're good. And Bob's your uncle. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, on your podcast, you're you're telling some funny stories about Ilya versus Galov. Have you met him yet? <laughs> no. I thought he was actually going to transition into a TSN job. Try host the the try host Jay Dan and Ilya. <laughs> yeah, he he sounds. He sounds like it was a character. He was. I had to sit beside him for for the better part of my my stint in Phoenix before he left, and uh, it, it was nonstop. The, actually, Obi has one of the best stories ever, where he he explained going into Game Seven of the Miners, the first year he was playing in Cincinnati, that you know Briz came in on the bus and he goes, "Boys, this ends tonight. Our season <laughs> is ending tonight." Like. And as your starting goalie, you just can't. You, I don't even know how to take a guy serious, but that becomes an issue. And uh, <laughs> he played his ass off for us, but it was more to get his to get his uh, you know to get his money, and he did. He got paid in, in Philadelphia, but he didn't do much for Philly other than uh, stargaze and talk about going to Mars and to the moon and back. And anyone that's ever played with Briz says he's you know he's one of the most interesting human beings there are. And uh, you said he kind of who, who gave it to him after one of the games because he it was, was Yandel at the bench. Yeah, Yandel. He he Yandel. looked at our bench after <laughs> letting in. We're up maybe three one with like two minutes left. The game should have been won, and and San Jose scores two quick ones, and Briz starts looking at our bench clapping. With he takes his glove off and he's with his blocker and he's looking at our bench clapping, and it it didn't sit well with Shane Doan and, and it was it was Keith Yandel who ended up smashing his stick right beside him and like pretty much grabbing him saying you do that again we're gonna kick your ass um you've probably seen it all in your career in the NHL did you ever have guys because I was a goalie when I played and look at the size of me I didn't stop a lot of pucks so some games my defense would skate by and under their breath stop a f-ing puck and I'm like oh okay <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's about. I mean, hey, but did you ever have any teammates um, that would do that? Skate by your own goalie and just say like, F-ing "Stop a puck," would you? You don't have to name them. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah. No, I, I, well, we, we did. I actually had a goal. So I had a goalie in Nashville who uh, had to. Well, I'm not going to say names, but he had to jump in after a rookie dinner for two injured goalies. We had we had our starter get injured, Thomas Volkun, and then. Chris Mason out in warm-up slips and, and like hurts his groin. So we put in our first round pick and uh, he goes in and lets in a quick seven goals in the first <laughs> against the Florida Panthers. And so we had Jamie Allison, a defenseman. We had him backing up. He was a healthy scratch that day, but, but Trotsy ended up putting the gear on him. And the Jumbotron in Florida had ISO cam Jamie Allison on our bench. And the whole crowd was like, they knew what was going on. They were chanting like, put him in, yeah, put him in. And we stuck with just the seven goal. The, we stuck with the goalie that we had. And unfortunately his, uh, he's going to go down with the GAA that the goals against average, that isn't pretty. Cause he didn't, didn't play many <laughs> games. After that. Hey, speaking of kind of a similar uh, situation, you know, the David Ayers game where he came in and played for the Carolina hurricanes. Of course. Do you know, a good friend of ours, that was his first ever trip to Toronto, went, got scalpers tickets to that game and went to that game. His first ever Leaf game was the David Ayers game. That man, Brian Hatfield. It is Hatter. So yeah. Hatter was in town because I got there to do the trade deadline, um, obviously, day, which was the second day after that. 
So Brian Hatfield, shout out to our new feed boy, Brian Hatfield. It was his yeah. first game in Toronto. It was first time ever in Toronto. He's uh, doing some visiting. I went uh, for dinner with him. He says, I think I'm going to go down, uh, go to the game. And uh, he, we're watching it at a bar and it's on mute. We're like, what the f- is going on? And then it was, and I th- then the NHL shut down a week later. <laughs> so just, yeah, to touch on our, our relationship with Hatfield, this guy was uh, Fort McMurray's pride and joy for charity work. He did Chris Phillips and I's golf tournament for, 12 years. Uh, it was a Fort McMurray oil barons. Our junior, uh, led all the, led all the, um, uh, fundraisers for that. And you could not find this guy. You couldn't go to the Edmonton Rexall center back when it was Rexall center without having him in the dressing room. I'm like, how did you get in here? And whose sticks are those by the way? He's like, ah, I was shooting the with, uh, you know, with Tarasenko. He gave me a couple sticks and, you know, yeah. and I mean, I mean, since I turned pro, so 15 years, he was just, pretty much putting his skates on in the dressing room every time we go play the Oilers. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> impressive. And he was the loudest Oil Barons fan there was. Yeah, yeah he sure he, was. He would chirp the other team mercil- <laughs> mercilessly. Tough barn uh, to come in and play, especially when you had a radio guy like you. <laughs> yeah, holy shit, was that a tough <laughs> barn. Oh, my God. I would have been terrified coming in there. Yeah, oh, yeah those uh, were the good days, wasn't it? Oh, it was. So uh, how's uh, fatherhood? It's beautiful. My uh, my baby girl is is she's a sweetheart, Isabel, Isabel Rain, and uh, it's been a handful. I've only been uh, so it's been two weeks now. She turned two weeks the other uh, yesterday, and she's only on me one time, <laughs> which was good. when I had all my friends over. I legit was like, I had her in my lap. We were having a couple beers. We were just out on the patio, and next thing you know, I'm like, oh she pooped and then sure enough i stand up and it is all over my new shorts i had these nice new uh golfing shorts that i had and they were just covered in so that so, she you once that's still two less than shane o'brien yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it, the, the stuff that new parents uh deal with and and encounter yeah uh, you could you could talk about that stuff for days but yeah well, so you she's planned a, perfect. She's, uh, a new baby's perfect to, to begin retirement with yeah, I think I timed it pretty well. Uh, you know, pandemic and a little <laughs> tour overseas, come home in February and lock yourself up, have a baby, uh, do podcasts in your elevator. and uh, Yeah, you, you finish before the pandemic and then people aren't even talking about next year because next season, it might start in like December. So it's going to take two years to get everything back on track. Yeah, if, you know, and then what do you you continue the seasons to do like January to September every year? I mean, that's kind of probably the uh, the economics of it. But uh, we just, you know, it'll be interesting to see the cup give be given out and how everyone kind of relates to that this year. And then um, you you just hope for for the youth for for minor hockey and for youth sports and college sports and. Um, you know the the entertaining value of of uh, society for uh, for kids is you know it's we need our sports we need our schools yeah. we need our sports and these kids need to interact and they need to get better and um, we're you know as an as an ex athlete I think uh, we do what we can here to to push that push the kids getting back in and in whatever way they can. Well, at least down in the states, the, they've handled the the outbreak pretty good. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit. Sure you have. do know, you must know as a Canadian, everyone's looking at the States and pointing and laughing. Yeah, I know. It's bad. It's bad it's, that I'm a Canadian. I can't even go up there. 
I mean, I, I could go up there, but they're slapping me with the, you know, the full 14, 14 yeah. dayer. And you know, I got this beautiful little baby. My parents want to come see her and they kind of, they, it's just the, the whole thing is, is, well, is they crazy. can, they can go down there, but then when they return to Canada, they'd have to, they have to do another. Yeah. So if, you know, if you, if you have parents at work or, you know, I had a younger brother, Brent, who uh, him and his three daughters tried to plan a trip here in May and, and this all broke out. So most people just can't take the, you know, the 30 days to quarantine, no matter where you're going. Right. So it's as yeah, tricky. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, we should let you go. You've got uh, a baby to what look kind, after and uh, all that what kind stuff. Of t-shirts but, uh, at the great lakes, great lakes. This is a Flint and Tinder, I think shirt. Flint and Tinder. Is that in your basement there? Is that raisin brand? Is that a full box of raisin brand behind you? That's actually, I'll get it close. You eat that with uh, almond milk? What do you put in there? No, it's a box of Raisin Dan. The Raisin Dan's. Yeah. You know you've made it, it when you when it, you get your well, own no, Raisin it's, brand. It's a, it's a bit we did on our show because I despise raisins so much that they made me pour a box of only raisins in my mouth for a, for a Raisin Dan commercial. Nice. Do you have any bobbleheads or? Uh, no, no bobbleheads. Um, I got one bobblehead in my office there, but I, I mean, I am in what, my elevator. I'm, I'm locked wait, in here right which now. Team, which team did the uh, bobblehead? The Milwaukee Admirals. There you go. I was a legend okay. back in Milwaukee. Hey, you're a legend at all times. A legend <laughs> of planning rookie parties. That's, <laughs> I took pride in that, my friend. I, I like your, I liked your self-depreciating humor on your podcast where you said, uh, I think most teams just kept me around so I could plan the rookie <laughs> parties. I mean, Doug Armstrong, he, and he would admit it. He, at one point he was in, we were in a meeting and he's like, guys, I need you like, look around. You guys are in the NHL here. Like, look around, have some fun when you're here. And then he's like, I mean, look at Uppy. <laughs> this guy's having fun every <laughs> day. I mean, he's single. He's, he's chasing it. He's, you know, he's got good looking girlfriends and, He's like, basically, can you all just act like Uppy for a while? Like everyone's down and bummed. And like, you know, he was speaking to a certain few guys on our team just yeah. to, you know, the winters get long in St. Louis. So, I mean, shit, I was always coming to the rink with a smile on my face and enjoying myself and trying to get guys to like feed off that energy. And that's ultimately what some of the sometimes your job is. And uh, yeah, yeah, I take pride in that. And did you ever run into Chris Chelios and compare stories because he kind of sounds like the same person where he could go out till two or three and, but he's the first one in the gym the next day. He, I'm not even going to put myself in the same category <laughs> as, as that guy. He's a, he's a legend and uh, he plays till he's 45 and he still looks like he's 25. Yeah. Uh, and he made a ton of dough and he's friends with a ton of rock star, cool people. He's, he's, he's the man. So he was um, he was on our broadcast crew when we worked for Fox at the uh, the Sochi Olympics, and one night he would be up till three or four in the morning every night, yet out the door for the gym at like eight. Yeah, yeah, um, no, no, that I can do, and I'm getting yeah. good at that. But it's, <laughs> but the uh, one night, yeah. the one night we wander up, he's like, "Hey guys, say hi to my buddy. It's Eddie Vedder on Facetime." It's badass, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, I just had an Eddie Vedder hat on today, but I, I went to the Blues hat support my boys in classic chelios fashion we're taking a cab to a bar one night he's telling a russian cab driver who doesn't speak english how to get to the bar <laughs> we're like chelio we're like chelly i think he knows because this what guy drink? does uh i think we all were drinking vodka Dr- oh yeah yeah the, the red wine in russia 
and beluga, that's the beluga vodka. That's what that's what uh, that's what all the Russians I play with. They would drink that. It'd be oh, in their bag. They'd have little. They'd have the little like hotel one hitters. You get on the plane and you, their bags are like ting 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 ting. You're like, <laughs> how many of those? How many of those hotel vodkas did you steal from the hotel? Well, you see that Russians like to drink, boy. Russia supposedly um, developed a cure for COVID, but it's probably just a shot of vodka. I would not take a COVID <laughs> shot from any Russian dictator. There's not a chance. What what they're uh, let, let's just hope it works because if it does, then maybe we can all take it and be and be good. But wow, exactly. would I not be taking it if the Russians go first to the market <laughs> with the old vaccine? I'm not, I'm not lying enough to do that. I'll let you go first, Dano. Well, I think most vaccines have to pass through like three phases where you test the placebo and the actual uh, vaccine or something. It's gone through no phases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no phase vaccine. No chance. <laughs> no phase. We go right to market. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, thanks, boys. Uh, I'm gonna pass on that. I'm gonna stay in my elevator. I'll be, I'm just gonna chill out for a while. You guys, let me know how you feel. Uh, Scotty Upshaw, one of the uh, co hosts of the Gone Missing podcast. Um, is the it missing be curfew? Just, the, the missing curfew podcast. The missing, Go. I thought it was called, called Gone Missing. Gone Missing was our first episode because there was and, a few boys that had gone missing in the playoff rounds there. So we had to, just because I was a guy, sometimes I went missing. So I can call a guy out here and there. So we've had fun with the old milk carton. You're gone missing. And um, is it just going to be until the hockey season's over? Are you going to do it? We're actually, we're we're enjoying, you know, shooting the with each other. So we're going to see where it goes. We think, um, you know, hockey comes easy to us talking about old stories, but we also want to bring on some guests uh, who maybe not, you know, who aren't exactly hockey players or, or athletes, but uh, lifestyle guys, a ton of musicians around town that like, like the game, some golfers, um, you know, we'll try to line up the guests eventually, but right now we're just shooting the with hockey and, and, uh, we're having fun with it. So it's good. I love it, Scotty. Uh, perfect Avenue for you to, um, pursue in retirement. And we thank you for coming on and, um, uh, you can hang up now. Awesome. Well, tell Jay, I, I miss him. Yeah. Boys he's in, in Kelowna. The, he's in the, uh, hockey player hotbed for the summer, Kelowna. He is. Where, is he doing any, is he wake surfing? What's he doing? I don't know. I hope he comes back with a sleeve of tattoos because I think you need to have a sleeve of tattoos to be in Kelowna as well. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, the same down here in Orange County. I live both places and uh, very similar, but uh, a lot of bikinis around there. Whether you got to yeah. get a tattoo or not, do you have seen a, a lot of bikinis? Do you have a sleeve of tattoos? I do not. No. Okay. Good. No. Although Keep- I did jump on this one of those jet foils, those uh, those electric. Uh, motorized surfboards yeah yesterday my buddy has a couple in the bay here and uh i take it out first time ever i've surfed a little bit but i get beat up every time i go surfing so these things when you when you take off it actually rises with you can go up like four or five feet i put it on my instagram yesterday i was just i was cruising feeling good cruising had a couple beers and wabam i face plant into the water and the thing tips sideways i just thrash my elbow but uh I watched it. I didn't know that was you on it. I'm here chatting with you today, so I'm all good. I'm doing (laughs) real good. Don't get a concussion from that thing. Yeah, yeah, no. I've been hitting the head a lot, Dan, in my day. There's not a foil that's going to take me down. Thanks, bro. It was good to catch up. See you, pal. Talk to you. Uh, Scotty Upshaw, former Fort McMurray oil baron, Nashville predator, uh, Phoenix coyote, Philadelphia flyer. 
Tried out for the Oilers, tried out for the Canucks, Milwaukee Admiral. Probably missing a team here and there, but. Um, just to clarify, because uh, we were talking about Tuka Rask, and he left the team uh, to be with his family. Um, when I was talking about it, I was talking about how Tuka mentioned the crowd noise, um, how it didn't feel like a playoff game. Yeah, I'm fully behind a guy opting out to be with his family. Yeah, no problem with that at all. Uh, okay, so uh, I think that's the podcast. I think it went well. Uh, once we finally got a hold of Scotty. Uh, hope everyone has a great week. Um, looking forward to seeing you again next uh, week, uh, Stoff. You got it, buddy. Uh, I don't know who uh, our guest will be next week. It's always a mystery. I usually find out the night before the day of. Uh, just uh, whatever... Whatever floats are fancy. Yeah, it keeps them tuned in. Keep people on the toes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay. Big guest next week. Um, thanks to McDonald's. I prep for the show by having a Big Mac combo with a root beer and a McChicken on the side. Ate them all. And that's why I'm sitting here full of energy. So thanks to McDonald's. Uh, you guys are great. And uh, thanks to you for listening. Hit it, stuff. Third hole. to the Jay and Dan podcast brought to you by our friends at McDonald's.
James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots Podcast. So we're sitting down at our table. The, the waiter comes up and he's like profusely sweating. <laughs> and this is like 100% his first line to us. He goes, Hello, I am not well. I'm very ill. <laughs> You ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all. Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.